Well, welcome back to Crappy Hollywood Reboots! Yay! This is season two. Season two? Out of how many? Out of out of four seasons? Fall, summer, winter, and in spring? What? What? So, well, now that we've gotten that awkwardness out of the way... Well, it looks like things haven't changed here on the podcast. Uh, If you were hoping for us to uh, have become uh, professional over the break, you were sorely mistaken. You are incorrect in thinking that. Ah, man. Nothing like starting off a podcast by telling our viewers they're wrong. Uh, Just like old times. It's uh, our listeners. Listeners? Our our little baby children? Our little podcasties? (laughs) Our little... Uh, cheerleaders. Oh, Boom. that one. There we go. Our little cheerleaders. Cheerleader spelled C H R, of course. Of course. Our yes. little cheerleaders. Oh, that's mm. cute. There we go. See, we totally came up with that. That was totally planned. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, how was the uh, how was the hiatus? Um. It, for for but thank you for asking. Yeah. Um, it was it was very relaxing. Mm. Um, a lot of brainstorming went on. A lot of just chilling out and um, starting New Year's resolutions. Oh, um, how about how about you, my little baby boy? You know, I'm really glad you said that you brainstormed. Yeah. <laughs> well, good. Um. <laughs> And that's how my break went. All <laughs> right. So, <coughs> we're back on the podcast. Um, we're going to be hitting you up with some new um, crappy Hollywood reboot pitches. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Hollywood, take notes. We've got some We've got some real bangers. Uh, this is stuff yep. that you're going you're gonna to see Hollywood make within the next few years. Uh, they're going to scrape the bottom of the barrel for those reboots because original ideas are dead. Uh, yeah. And they've been dead for a long time. Uh, it's just a now it's become noticeable. Uh, nothing new under the sun, as the as the saying goes. It's just now it's a little less uh, original with its with how we deviate from the source material and things like that. Yeah. Uh, if you listen to uh, last season with our with our closing episode where we talk about what makes a good reboot and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope you guys keep that in mind. Uh, I hope you guys keep what makes a good reboot in mind as we're as we're pitching these reboots, and as you are offering up reboots for us to pitch. Yeah, uh, I know. I know that my brother has been um, r- r- really pumped. Yeah, uh, he over over the hiatus, he took that time to um, to catch up on all of the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he listened to all of them, and like every night, he would come into my room and be like, "Dude, you should do this reboot." This one too. Also, you guys should do this on the show. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been really fun. Well, there we go. I, I know we've we've gotten uh, a lot of messages regarding yeah. when we're coming back and uh, some reboots to do when we get back. And so that's yeah. awesome. Thank you guys for for doing that. Um, yeah. Please keep hitting up that email at crappyhollywoodreboots at gmail dot com. That's crappyhollywoodreboots at gmail dot com. That's crappyhollywoodreboots at gmail dot com. And be sure to follow the Instagram as well. That is at Crappy Hollywood Reboots, and that is ran by the amazing Kelly. Yes, my sister. She's great. (laughs) She Uh, is. But now that we've plugged the show that you're already listening to, let's delve right in. Um, Well, who wants to go first? Uh, Well, I I mean, this is a blank. Start right into it. Uh, Do I? Yeah. It's a it's a blank slate. We can yeah start forgetting now. Well, what we could do, <laughs> since one of the topics that we want to talk about uh, actually leads into mine, so we okay. can talk about that topic first, mm-hmm. and then space some of the things that we want to talk about out after I do my pitch. Sure, let's uh, do it. Okay, so Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Ooh, was really good. 
I loved it. And that's our really cold take. Like, nobody's out there going, man, this is the no. worst movie ever. I mean, it was um, announced for Best Animated Feature for the uh, for the Academy Awards. And so. honestly, it deserves that. And it I, does. And I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty vocal about being angry about that. <laughs> because, here's why. Because I'm kind of mad that Sony made a good movie. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm kind of mad because this gives them the license to do whatever they want for the next 10 years. And if it's anything like into the Spider-Verse and they just completely if they've learned their lesson with this movie and they are like hey this is what people want this is what people like and they keep making stuff like that then I'm okay with it um you know but, yes but also keep in mind that these are the same people that did the emoji <laughs> movie so I'm not holding out a lot of hope <laughs> well I mean the emoji um, movie and the Smurfs. Yeah. So. The Smurf franchise. The Smurf franchise. So, you know, not holding out a lot of hope. Oh, th- they did say that they're going to make, like, a sequel to Spider-Verse. Oh, yeah? I'm. This might be where my hot take comes in. It's not going to be good. Why not? Why don't you think so? Uh, Think of a good Sony sequel. Go ahead. Um, and then if I need to be more specific, think of a good Sony Spider-Man sequel. Yeah, you got me there. If if Spider-Verse is good, it would be the first time that Sony's made a good Spider-Man sequel in yeah. like 16 years. Well, I can... I just, I don't know where they would go with it. Um, that's, that's my other thing. Is I don't know what it would cover, in unless they they want to start diving into Miles's actual like comic arc, which would which would be really cool to see um, a ad, uh, adaptation of. Yeah. Um. Uh, because I, like I've stated before, Miles Morales is my favorite Spider-Man, um, mm. and they did him justice in this movie, but I. I think this is this should be it. I think I agree with you. Yeah. I Here's my thing. Here's what Sony does. Here's the thing. <laughs> Start starting this season off right. Here's the thing that Sony does really poorly. Mm-hmm. Um they'll let they'll let people create like the first one uh untouched. Yeah. Sony will be like, "All right, release that movie. How'll it do?" It does really well, and then Sony's like, okay, your movie did super well, and that's awesome, and now it's ours. And now we're <laughs> going to take over every aspect of production, and you're not going to have any creative ability in it. So yeah. the second Spider-Verse movie isn't going to be good because it's going to be a true Sony movie. Sony's yeah. going to stick its fingers into every aspect of the production mm-hmm. and be like, director, you don't you don't have a say anymore. It's us. It's our execs. Yeah. Our execs know more than you. You should throw Venom in there. So, this is leading up to your movie. <clears throat> yes. Uh, and it... thank you, because uh, one, some of the things that I did like about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, though, the art style is amazing. Oh, it's um, great. They're they're patenting and patenting that. The characters <clears throat> are really, really well done. Yes. Um. You can tell that the people who made the movie have a knowledge of the source material. Yeah. And not only that, like, a lot of side material. Like... Oh, uh, it's... That movie is riddled with Easter eggs. Yeah. Like, down to the memes. They have, like, Spider-Man memes in the credits. And that's hilarious. Um, the, like, the in... The post-credits scene, I won't spoil for people who haven't seen it. It's gold. But it's hilarious if you know your Spider-Man memes. It's so funny. <laughs> um, and so that actually segues into my movie. Oh, no. This is a movie that... Uh, I tried to go big with my first movie of the season. Okay. It's going to be weird. Uh, this is okay. sort of a revisionist history movie. And so I see this... This movie can only either be done in 2007 or a few years from now. 
Okay. And I really think you know where I'm going with this. I'm, 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 my mind's on a track. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm seeing if I, if I land at your station. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very emoji movie esque. Okay. Um, and here's, I'm sort of going to pitch two separate movies, but it's going to be the same plot and everything, but it's going to be two separate tones for this movie. Okay. Because it could either be done in earnest and it will suck. <laughs> or it could be done as sort of like a tongue-in-cheek, not taking itself seriously thing at all, purely for the nostalgia factor, and it sure. would be hilarious. Okay. And with that, I give you the meme movie. Oh. Wow. So this is like an emoji movie sequel, or like spin-off type thing. Sort of. Okay. It's kind of like, it's if this had been done in two thousand seven, it would have taken the place of the Emoji Movie. And yeah, it would have been the Emoji Movie. It's a movie that tries to be cool and tries to be funny, but it would have been terrible. Right. Here's the thing: they could do it a few years from now, play on the nostalgia of everyone being older now, and it would be mm-hmm. hilarious. So, here's okay. I'm th- I'm kind of here for it. Let me go through the the cast. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> All of the uh, old dead memes that you know and love are coming back, unless they're copyrighted material. Those are not coming <laughs> back. Um, uh, unfortunately, those won't. But. <coughs> uh, sorry, I'm sick. Uh, so, you, you gotta know the main character is going to be Advice Dog. Okay. The like golden retriever puppy on the rainbow wheel. This is mm-hmm. a su- this is going to be a super specific movie, and people who are not in on like 2007 era memes are really going to hate me for this. Um, so we've got <laughs> advice dog. We've okay. got um, advice dog is the meme that like really give just gives you really bad advice. Um, one of one of the memes that I saw, and. Uh, Going through this, I realized a lot of memes are super inappropriate for this podcast, so <laughs> I'm going to give some clean versions of all these. Yeah. Um, and I think the cleanest I can go with Advice Dog, um, Advice Dog advises you to eat crayons, poop rainbows. <laughs> um, and it's just that that level of insanity. Good. Um, we have Courage Wolf, and Courage Wolf is the face of a wolf, and it tells you to do something courageous, like ask that girl out. She she's into you, and things like that. Yeah, they're like uplifting memes. Uh, sure, we've got we've got Bad Luck Brian, right? Whom everyone knows. Yeah, Bad Luck Brian just being the guy who's just bad things are constantly happening to him. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got socially awkward penguin. Right, um, that's who, a classic. Socially awkward penguin's a classic. Uh, Depression Dog is sort of a lesser known classic. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got Ermagerd. Um, <laughs> we've got Oh Really, the, the Oh Really Owl. Right. Uh, we've got Do All the Things. Uh, right. That one. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is going to be a bit of a trip. This is like high school all over again. Yep. <clears throat> uh, and then we have the Rage Comics. Oh, freaking Rage Comics. Yeah, oh, I spare no expense. This movie. <laughs> uh, we have Rage Guy. We've got yeah. Troll Face. We've got Serial right. Guy. Wow. We've got the guy that's like, okay. Uh, we've got <laughs> Megusta. We've got mm-hmm. Forever Alone. We've got mm-hmm. Why You Know. We've got Like a Boss. we got wow. Challenge Accepted. And then going further down the list in our cast... We have uh, the Velociraptor, which is sort of the meme that asks brain teasers and sort of like yeah. philosophically like pseudo deep questions, and right. it's a and it's a raptor. Um, we have the cats. We have long cat. We've got nine cat. We've got keyboard cat. We've oh, got gosh. I can has cheeseburger cat. We've got ceiling cat. I. Hmm. This was a this was quite the trip for me to to make this movie. I had to like I can, scour through the internet. Yeah, I can like, imagine the research going into all of this. Well, it's funny because like my my uh, 
I'm going to graduate school at the moment, and my graduate school friends are like, if you become a professor, you should start a class on memes, like meme history, because you'd be good <laughs> at it. And I tell you, there's something in that. Like, someday there might be a meme history class. Whoa, uh, that'd be freaking weird. Because think think about it. Like, uh, in the future, or like... Now, we, we look at history, we look through, like, things that people did, and we decipher what they meant, and things like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. we're gonna have to do that for memes someday. We're gonna have to do That's that for, so like, weird to think about. Internet-related <clears throat> phenomena, and things like yeah. that, and we're gonna have to explain what it means. And, which is funny, because we've sort of already explained, like, the Shrek meme on here, and sort of, like, why Shrek right. stands for our discontent with bloated Hollywood franchises, and things like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's kind of fun to look into the sort of the, I guess the existentialism that lies behind meme culture. Yeah, that's it's, I was that's what I was about to say. I'm already like kind of in that mindset right now. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, so, re, yeah, with the with reading the Dark Tower and things like that. Yeah, and so that's as you were saying that I was like, oh, everything's coming together. Yeah, so um, <laughs> uh, strap yourselves in because this. Uh, I either see this movie being really playing off of playing off of the nostalgia and being tongue in cheek and not taking itself seriously and actually being fun, or mm-hmm. playing it seriously and being like, "Hey guys, you remember memes? They're cool, right?" And we're all like, mm, <laughs> <coughs> "So uh, the cast." Before we go any further, um, yeah, and I'm only gonna list like the main characters, so I'm not gonna go completely into it. Sure. Um, Advice Dog is going to be played by Charlie Day. Because Charlie Day is just a frantic being. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen a character that he's played that is, like, calm. (laughs) He's just constantly paranoid and freaking out. Yeah. I think that was on um, Advice Dog. He was on Always Sunny, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we've got Courage Wolf, who I think is going to be played by Nick Offerman. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> uh, we've got Bad Luck Brian, who I think is going to be played by Seth Rogen. Okay. Um, we've got Socially Awkward Penguin, who is definitely, of course, going to be played by Michael Sarah. Right. We've got Depression Dog, who's going to be played by Brad Garrett. Okay. Uh, we've got Do All the Things, who I think is going to be played by Amy Poehler. Oh. And I'm not casting any of the Rage comics because I don't think they actually talk. They're just going to be like, and just make noises. <laughs> I think that'd be really funny. That's kind uh, of like what they look like they would say. Yeah. I just, I think of, like, I think of this whole, sh- this whole movie in like 3D animation, kind of like illumination style. Sure. And then like the Rage comics are just 2D anyway. And they just never like turn sideways. <laughs> They're just constantly like Paper Marioing around. Yeah, and so I and I imagine them kind of like like Doodle Bob from SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> yeah, and he's just like <laughs> I just imagine them like bickering and arguing like that because they're just like these weird lower level creatures, and it's mm-hmm. strange. Um, and so we have the Velociraptor, who will be played by Nicolas Cage. <sighs> We have Long Cat, who's going to be played by Morgan Freeman. Oh my gosh. And then we have uh, Tack Gnoll, who is Long Cat backwards and is sort of like the yang to Long Cat's yen. Sure. And he's going to be played by Clancy Brown. That's kind of a more obscure thing, but Clancy Brown, uh, he's a good voice actor. He's a good uh, film actor. He bizarrely... And this is sort of to show his range. He plays Mr. Krabs in SpongeBob. Mm-hmm. And he played Surtur, the, like, fire demon in Thor Ragnarok. Wait, really? Yup. Wow. So when you... Well, he, so I guess... you go out and watch that movie, just remember, Surtur, the giant yeah. fire demon, is being played by Mr. Krabs. He's not in the movie long, though, right? <clears throat> no. But, yeah. like, when I looked it up afterwards, I was like... Clancy Brown? Yeah. So, there you go. That's the extent of his range, and I think he'd be fun. Yeah. So, uh, I've talked long enough about setting up this movie. Let's get this party started. Let's go. I'm, not, I'm interested. There's not too much to the plot. It's pretty formulaic, and I think it's supposed to be. Right. So, the advice animals, 
which are sort of like advice dog and, and courage wolf and things like that. Uh, the advice animals live in peace and har harmony in Memetopia. Uh, advice dog lives in an apartment with his brother, Courage Wolf. And advice dog's depressed. No one listens to his terrible, terrible advice. Oh, he tells people to you know stick a fork in the uh, stick a fork <laughs> in an electrical socket, and nobody listens. They don't do it. No, because oh. it's terrible, terrible advice. Uh, and so he's depressed. However, he's not really allowed to be depressed because depression dog the meme already exists. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't really know what to do. <laughs> and Courage Wolf tries to give him some courageous advice, like get out there and grab life by the horns. And he he's he's not feeling it. And right. so he begins to wonder what his place is in the world. And then suddenly, a war breaks out with the nearby race of Rage Comics. And so the Rage Comics are like this neighboring race of memes. Mm -hmm. And the Rage Comics, something happens. Uh, some backstory, I guess, like Bad Luck Brian might have stepped on the foot of Rage Guy or something like that. And it started the yeah. war. Something like that. I'm sure it was between Bad Luck Brian and Rage Guy. But... Um, <laughs> uh, so that happens. Courage Wolf, being courageous, immediately enlists in the war. Uh, Advice Dog is scared, and then he realizes what he realizes his mission in life. He has to he has to stop the war through his advice. And so, oh. what he's going to do? Well, the problem is his advice is really terrible. Right. And so he's inspired to do so. Do all the things. Person comes up. And he's like, I don't, I just, I don't know what to do. And they're like, do all the things. <laughs> and he realizes he needs to learn all the advice. Oh, and no. And so he realizes the only way to do that, the only way to seek out all of the advice is to find the meme gods and ask right. for their infinite wisdom. Oh, man. And so he and his friends, Depression Dog, Socially Awkward Penguin, Bad Luck Brian, they all embark on a quest to find the Velociraptor, who is the speaker for the meme gods. <laughs> oh, okay. And so they, they stumble across various outdated internet memes before finding the Velociraptor, and so they mm -hmm. might come across... Oh, they might come across Rickroll, they might come across Trollolo Guy, if those aren't copyrighted, if Rick Astley will allow us to use his song in the movie oh i'm sure he will i'm sure he will like yeah uh and so they find velociraptor and velociraptor waxes poetic about various brain teasers like he does before he finally asks you know if dog spelled backwards is god then why does the internet worship cats or something like that mm -hmm. and advice dog realizes that cats are the gods of memedom right and that moment unlocks the pantheon of meme gods who descend from the heavens. <laughs> and the meme gods, of course, are Keyboard Cat, Nyan Cat, Ceiling Cat, I Can Ask Cheeseburger Cat, and Long Cat, who is the ruler of the gods. And Long right. Cat, of course, is played by Morgan Freeman. And so Long Cat reveals that Advice Dog, in seeking the cat, go the, the cat gods, has fulfilled an ancient prophecy. And the prophecy goes something like, when dogs chaseth cats once more, Katnarok <laughs> shall commence. <laughs> and he sets into motion oh, the events man. that will bring about Katnarok, which is a meme, apparently. I didn't know. Uh, don't look <laughs> it up. There's a, uh, there's a lot of inappropriate and distasteful things surrounding it. And let me tell you, none of that is getting into my movie. I am keeping it clean <laughs> for the folks at home. Great. This is uh, a family show. Keeping it <clears throat> the, the cleanest show you'll find about memes. <laughs> and so Katnarok, which will happen on a Catterday, of course. Uh, long, in Katnarok, Longcat will finally grapple in an eternal struggle with his opposite force, Tachgnol. Uh, which is sort of like the... like uh, Longcat is this really long white cat, and Tachnagol is the opposite. He's like this really long black cat. And they will face and grapple for eternity. And in this struggle, they will merge together, long cat and pack Gunal, into okay. one all-powerful cat, which will mark the end of the universe and the beginning of a new era with new memes. And so wow. Advice Dog realizes that this is, uh, this is really bad. And so he goes to warn everyone. Uh, however... 
the advice he gives is still really bad, so nobody listens. Uh, meanwhile, Tacganal emerges from the ground and begins to fight Longcat in the skies, and there's destruction everywhere, memetopia is being destroyed, memes are fleeing for their lives, horrible things are happening, and Advice Dog doesn't know what to do. So he sits there, he's like, I guess I'll never find out who I am. And Philosoraptor comes up, and there's two ways that I could see this scene happening. Okay. Um, the first, Philosoraptor comes up and says something like, you know, if you if you are who you are, does it matter if you know? Or something like that. And yeah. Advice Dog realizes the age-old, it was me all along! <laughs> and realizes what he has to do. That he he's had the key to solving everything the whole time. Um, alternatively, this could totally, like, parody that moment. And, like, Philosoraptor comes up and he's he seems like he's about to give sage advice or something. But then he yeah. just says something completely unrelated to the topic. Like, <laughs> if you spill cleaning product, did you, did you make a mess? And then Advice Dog just, like, figures it out for himself. He's like, wait a minute. What if it was inside me all along? Um, wow, that's the worst. <clears throat> yeah, and then Advice Dog runs to Longcat and Tacganal, where they're fighting and laying waste to the land, and gets their attention, and he tells them some really bad advice. And I just realized that I never came up with the bad advice. <laughs> I, because I was trying to think of one that was family appropriate that I could say yeah. Yeah. that would stop the war. I think he's going to tell them to like jump off a cliff or something. <laughs> And they're just gonna do it because they don't. <laughs> they don't really know advice, dog, and so right. they don't know he gives really bad advice. So they just <laughs> jump off a cliff. They're like, "Cool, check you later." Yeah, and it's gonna be something super simple like that, and everyone's like, "Oh, right." And so everyone is saved. Advice dog becomes a local hero and continues oh, shilling bad advice and everyone's like oh you <laughs> oh my goodness stop telling me to pour water on my computer and that it'll clean the dust off <laughs> <laughs> um and then so that basically ends the movie the credit song and the credit song i also went two ways there's mm-hmm. a uh, they could do rickroll right this however is like the one that everyone knows. And so it's the one if, like, this movie is made really poorly and executives are like, yeah, Rick Roll's a meme song, right? Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. here's the real song. Here's what they're going to okay. do if they actually care about this movie. They're going to do Numa Numa. Oh, my gosh. That would be awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> that's the credit song for this. It's gonna, it's the na-na-na-na-na-na. Na-na-na-na-na. Na-na-na-na-na-na-na that song and it's gonna w- be amazing i would even love to see like you know how sometimes animated movies will have like that little square in the corner that shows like bloopers or something you know yeah i would love to see like an animated version of that <clears throat> where you know it's the guy at his computer and then it like cuts to all of the other characters in the movie doing it as well <laughs> yes <laughs> and they're all like doing the numa numa dance yeah yeah dude yeah, I, I imagine, like, the whole screen just, like, filling up with squares yeah. of, like, all of the characters doing that. For sure. And it's, like, the whole movie is just a glorification of nostalgia and just, like, really crappy nostalgia. Like, nostalgia for things that do not really deserve it, but you yeah. still feel it. Right. And so I feel like if done correctly, this could actually be super fun. Like, if done in the hands of people who actually, like, care and want to make want to make a movie about internet memes and want to put in the research for it, I feel yeah. like people of our generation would come out in droves to see this movie. Oh, for sure. I, uh, uh, our friend Colin, um, <clears throat> he was... he. I mean, he still is, but when it came to, like, Rage Comics and, and, and all of those memes in that generation, he was, mm-hmm. like, on top of it. Oh, I love that stuff. Colin is very much a meme lord. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, Colin, this one's for you. <laughs> oh. There you go. Hollywood? Hollywood, if you're trying to look for that, you know, <laughs> demographic of white males in their <laughs> late 20s. <laughs> Here we go. are. <laughs> um, goodness. Well, that was garbage. Yeah. <laughs> 
There you go. I wanted to start off this season with a just a really certain kind of crap. Yeah, I mean, and I I hope I I hope I set that bar high. That was that was really cool. There was like um, there was a lot of originality in Thank it, you. but you're also playing off of um nostalgia, which is pretty much what Hollywood does anyway. Nostalgia, so. and I think the movie would very much be a vehicle for like overused movie tropes. Oh, and yeah. like the movie being like, yeah, we know this is an overused trope that you see in every movie. Yeah, and we're gonna like. We're gonna twist that somehow. I think it could yeah. be really interesting. Yeah, I or feel like that it could just be very straightforward and just be really bad. Yeah, and I feel like if that movie were done right, mm-hmm. um, then it would be like you know that that surprise movie uh, of the year or whatever. Yeah, kind of like have you have you seen Smallfoot? No, I haven't. You, you know, like the Yeti movie. Yeah, um, I know the Zendaya is Michi meme. Yeah, um, that movie <laughs> is fantastic. What? It's so good. What? <laughs> I'm not lying to you, dude. Are like, you kidding me? <clears throat> no, like I didn't. I had no clue. I thought it was gonna be the worst thing I have ever seen. Uh, my family got it on Redbox not yeah. too long ago over the break, um, and um, my sister, who is not reliable in, in these sources, sorry, Tara, but. Um, <laughs> Um, she was the one who enjoyed Emoji Movie, um, oh. but she was like, y- "Dude, you have to watch this movie." And I was like, "I mean, I'll watch it, but it's gonna be bad." And, <laughs> but I won't like it. <clears throat> and I watched it, and it is not bad. <laughs> it is really good, in fact. That's so, um, so, like, wow. it, it's surprising. Like, it really surprised me. Um, right. And it's best going into the movie not really knowing anything. Well, I know um, nothing about that movie. I just saw trailers and was like, "Ooh, that movie is gonna suck." Yeah. So, and I thought so too, but it does not. Um, huh. So, listeners, if you have not seen that movie and you were kind of hesitant to see it because you thought it would it looked stupid, it is not stupid. It's actually really good and really heartfelt, huh. and um, and good. Well, huh, there you go. And yeah. really funny as well. <clears throat> so. And Zendaya is Michi. She is Michi. <laughs> yes. Um, but well, yeah. speaking of movies that we thought weren't going to be good, yeah, I saw Jurassic Park two or Jurassic World two. <coughs> yeah, I and what you Jurassic think? Park two? And honestly, it's, it, it's the, same the same movie, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, unlike Smallfoot, this movie <laughs> was exactly what I expected. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Man, uh, logic does not abound in this movie. Um, I was just sitting there going, ooh, why is any of this happening? Why? It's just... My, my, my whole problem is this movie doesn't need to exist. And you know why? Because they shouldn't have set a theme park on, a, on an island with an active volcano. Who? <laughs> who was in charge of that? Dude, that theme who, park, if it had, if if Jurassic World One hadn't have gone the way it did, that theme yeah. park still would have been destroyed in this movie. I just don't know why what? why Jurassic World existed in the first place. Um, Jurassic World is fun. I'll give it that. It's fun. It and is fun, but it's just Jurassic Park again. Yeah. yeah. I mean. It's fun. I'm like, oh, okay. This is this movie's okay. Like, yeah, it's if just it's Jurassic a, Park, but if it's on, like, I would watch it. But if yeah. Jurassic Jurassic World Two came on, I would Ooh. turn it instantly. It's so bad. It's no, not I'd, even like I'd probably keep watching because that movie really sucked. It's not. It's not even a good bed to me. Um, yeah, it's just bad bed. It's just bad bed. <laughs> bad bad man. Bad bad. Yeah, um, but yeah, if you uh, and, viewers, if you haven't seen this movie, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it I mean, matter if you haven't seen it, I watched. Why, it. I watched it while I was on a plane, and I was like, <laughs> "Man, I could be staring out the window right now. <laughs> I could be staring at the wing of the plane." 
Yeah. Because it's probably more entertaining. Yeah, not not great. The, not great the at first all. Scene of the movie is like these guys are trying to get a dinosaur bone. And there's, like, tension of, like, oh, is he going to make it? Is he going to be eaten by the dinosaur? And the guy gets eaten. You're like, oh, okay. I don't really care. It's, like, trying to be that shot in the first movie, like, the opening where, like, you don't see the velociraptor and that guy looks like he's going to get eaten. You're like, oh, shoot. Like, what is it? What is happening? (laughs) Um, It's like that, except it's trying to be that. Yeah. And I just it, don't care. And this guy outruns a T-Rex? Man. That guy outran a T-Rex. What? There In the are first so many... movie, the T-Rex was gaining on the Jeep. Yeah. Like... It, and, then it's they ma- just... and then they make a... <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm just going to talk this movie for, for like okay. two minutes. They make a... I, I, I'll keep it short. They make a... <laughs> like bioengineered dinosaur again because that worked really well the first time yeah and then they're gonna sell these dinosaurs on the black market as like weapons first off who would buy first that? first off that's the the plot of the second movie <clears throat> yeah and like first off who who would buy a dinosaur when they could just buy a gun I mean, apparently a lot of people, because at the end of the movie, spoilers, there were a lot of people at that auction. Yeah, they auction off a dinosaur in this really bizarre way. Yeah, in like this mansion. (laughs) There's like, yeah, and the main bad guy, uh, spoilers, but, you know, who cares? This movie's bad. (laughs) Um, Spoilers, the bad guy is the, like, rich old dude's... uh, the money guy, like the guy yeah. in charge of his fortune. Which you can and, see from a mile away that oh, he's going to yeah. be the bad Like, guy. you know, from the beginning, this smirky hipster dude comes walking down the stairs. You're like, that's the villain. <laughs> and he's exactly that. And he's like motivated by money, I guess. I don't really I guess. know. He doesn't he's have like, a clear motivation. to sell dinosaurs. <laughs> and then when he's selling the dinosaurs, like people are like, I'll buy that prototype dinosaur that's really dangerous and it isn't done yet. Like, yeah. is unfinished. And they're like, yeah, let's sell this prototype for money. And the scientist who's like doing it is like, uh, don't do that because it's not <laughs> finished. Like, this raptor isn't ready. And the guy's like, this dinosaur's worth $28 million right now. <laughs> and it's like, dude, you own the accounts to a billionaire's fortune. What yeah. is $28 million to that? Are you serious? What is going on? This movie makes no sense. No, it's just... Oh my gosh. It's just see not it, good. See it if you just really want to be disappointed in something. <laughs> Yeah, uh, if, if you if you're if like, you... man, you know, I'm too happy in my life. I really haven't been disappointed in a while. Yeah, go watch Jurassic Park too. That'll really it'll knock you down. you down a peg. Yeah, that or you can do what I did and just laugh throughout the whole thing because this movie's terrible. Yeah. Um. <sighs> man. Sorry, yeah, Jurassic, Jurassic World Park two. There you go. Uh, Jurassic World two. Jurassic Park two. Who cares? Same um, thing. Same movie. And I guess to try and segue into my movie. Oh no, sorry. Um wait, what what would segue into your movie? I'm not too sure. Um really. But Okay. Well, I guess I can try. So, one of my uh New Year's resolutions <clears throat> is to read uh 50 books in a year, yes. which um is just to like kind of open up my mind creatively and see someone else someone else's writing. Um, to kind of um, inspire me to to write music again because it's been a bit. Yeah. Okay. So th- that's one of my that's one of my mm-hmm. main goals this year, and kind of on the docket is to read one of my favorite books again mm-hmm. uh, because it's been it's been a while, and uh, so Casey oh knows this, and I'm sure a few people do, but w- one of my favorite authors, or I guess my favorite author, is uh, Chuck Palahniuk. Oh, no. Is this going to be family appropriate? Yes. It's family. Well, I mean, Mm. the movie's not. He is not. um, But I'm not going to go into any, like, detail on anything crazy. Mm. But, um, yeah, don't don't, uh, go out and seek him if you're not into 
um, well, he did graphic. Fight Club, right? He did. Yeah, he did Fight Club and um, Invisible so, Monsters, which is fantastic. If if, if 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 you like Fight Club, sure. If yeah. You, if you don't like Fight Club, like I, it's just me. I didn't read the book. I watched the movie. I wasn't a yeah. big fan of the movie. I I don't like movies that make me feel uncomfortable about where I am in life. Right. So, well then, well then you're you're not going to enjoy this movie oh because good. It's, because it's Fight that... Club. It's Fight Club Two. Um, oh. Wait, and does he have a Fight Club Two book? Oh yeah. There's a there's a comic. Um, there's a graphic novel. Yeah. Oh. Which I will. Uh, it's it's very dense. Uh, it's ten issues and. The uh, I I mean I have a bind up of of all ten issues. Nice. Um. But it it's a very dense series, and it is not like Fight Club. Um, in that it takes some metafiction type uh, of angle. Mm-hmm. Um. So which I I'll get into that at some point. But Fight Club is one of my favorite books of all time. I, I really love that book. Um, it's really short mm-hmm. um, and really to the point. Um, and it, it's just amazing. It touches on um, <clears throat> capitalism and um, how it's kind of tearing our um, society apart. Um, but also it's kind of what keeps us together. And so it, it plays around with that uh, mm-hmm. idea. But um, Fight Club, if you if you haven't read it and you want to read it, I'm going to spoil the ending of it. If you haven't seen the movie, just whatever. I'm, if you I'm about haven't to seen the movie, it. it's like been out for years. Yeah, since the 90s. And um, everyone's seen it. And all of the like sad white guys are like, yeah, this is the best movie ever. <laughs> that's kind of ch- that's like how who he writes to almost is like the yeah. sad white males of our uh honestly of our the people world. that would go see the meme movie yeah so, <laughs> yeah there we go but um I, i've Ooh. talked it up enough um so fight club 2 um sebastian who was edward norton's character in the first movie mm-hmm. he yeah, well first of all none of the original cast is coming back because edward norton never does a sequel a sequel and he's not a great person no, he's not a great person. Great actor, not a great person. He's kind um, of a wiener. And so that sorry, means Brad. Ed. Yeah, so that means sorry, Brad Ed, Pitt. If you want to be on the show? Sorry. <laughs> Brad Pitt is also not coming back to play Tyler Durden, who is also Sebastian. It's like his uh, alternate personality. Um, and Marla, who is Sebastian's wife, is played by Margot Robbie. Oh. And then. Uh, there is also a son character who is just some unknown child actor because he's like ten. Wait, um, so who's playing uh, Sebastian? Sebastian, oh, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is is uh, my okay. fill-in for this. Okay, I can see that. Um, not married to it, but that's who the placeholder. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, let's let's get into it. So the movie begins and. We see, or I guess we hear, the son sitting in his room reading off uh, the way to make a bomb. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, good. Yeah, so Start, good stuff. Starting this off well. And while the like beginning credits uh, happen, it cuts between that scene, like going down the hallway and the son, you know, reading off in the anarch- anarchist cookbook or whatever about mm-hmm. how to make a bomb. But we also see Marla like switching pills out um, from Sebastian's uh, medication <clears throat> because at the end of Fight Club, um, in the book at least, he um, gets sent to a, a hospital because, you know, he's crazy. Um, yeah. But everyone in the hospital is paid off by Project Mayhem and, you know, he gets special treatment and stuff. But mm-hmm. so he is. Um, She's switching off the the pills uh, to to placebos, um, which is something that um, that the pills help keep Tyler Durden away from uh, taking the 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 spotlight mm-hmm. that uh, Sebastian has control of, and so um, we see a cl- close up on the bottle. It reads Sebastian and has all the details on it, and then it cuts to Sebastian at his desk job. 
Um, and he's like lazily clicking through his emails, you know, he's avoiding work. And then there's an announcement that, uh, basically says attention, rise or die employees. That's the company that he, he works for. Mm -hmm. Uh, it is now time to leave and to go home. So he gets up and leaves. Um, he gets home and he sees a note from Marla and it just says like, went out, uh, I'll be home soon. Something very, um, precise. Um, mm -hmm. and we find out that Marla is going to support groups again. Um, that was kind of one of the things that Sebastian and her, uh, bonded over in, in fight club was that they would go to support groups for anything and they just have like feel the attention and, um, everything like that, uh, just to be someone else. And mm -hmm. so he takes a pill and then he goes to his son's room and then the son's really excited and he holds up like this bar of soap that he made. Um, and Sebastian's like, cool, get washed up and there's a blackout. And then, um, the blackout cuts to, um, Sebastian's house on fire. And then there's a blackout again. And then um, Sebastian wakes up and he um, he wakes up at work and it's the next day. And he's like, what? what's happening? And he <clears throat> gets a call from his therapist and his, her, his therapist really wants to talk to him. She tells him they need to see him immediately, but he instead he just goes to stop by his house and it, it has in fact burned down. And so he calls Marla just to make sure that she and the son weren't in the house. And they weren't, um, but, but he looks up news reports about like what went down. Cause he's not sure. Was it his son like making a bomb and it backfired? What, what happened? And, um, he discovers that it was just a, like a regular house fire, like something accidental with quotation marks, mm -hmm. but a body was recovered from the fire. Um, and so he enters the therapist's office and he talks to her for a while and, you know, she brings up his stint in the hospital and he's just like, I don't have time to talk about this. I need to know more about what's happening and maybe that you have insight or maybe if I talk to you, it'll get my brain going. But he falls asleep with quotation marks before he can get any answers. Hmm. So he wakes up in, yeah, he wakes up in bed the next day with Marla and his son's in the other bed, and he starts getting paranoid that, you know, Tyler has been awakened after 10-plus years of not being that way. And then Marla... <clears throat> um, oh, so he, he, he researches Rise or Die, the company that he works for, because he doesn't really remember how he got the job or anything. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that he is um, credited as CFO, and that the CEO is Tyler Durden. Mm. And so he speeds off to uh, his house and like rummages through the ruins and uh, he finds a basement. But um, there, there like was in a basement, he thought. And he finds out that, uh, or he like finds these buckets and these bunk beds and hot plates. And he finds like this piece of paper that talks about project chaos. Mm -hmm. um, and so he goes back to the motel and he starts questioning Marla and she tells him everything. She's been switching out his pills with placebos for a really long time now. And um, mm. Tyler has been coming out uh, for like an hour to the therapist every day because she's paid off by project chaos to talk to Tyler Durden. And so Tyler created like a new version of, of project mayhem, but instead he calls it project chaos. Mm -hmm. And so we hear like, I'll take it from here. And Tyler appears. Good. <laughs> and so Tyler explains that he plans to take over the whole world this time through project chaos disguised as like terrorist groups. Why not? All and, right. Um, his first like course of action is to train their son to be a part of all of this. And mm -hmm. so Sebastian's like fighting to gain back control of his body and realizes a new plan. 
um, once he has gained control back, which he, he does for a short while or so he thinks, he is going to fake being Tyler in order to take down Project Chaos from the inside. Mm-hmm. And so um, the final act of the movie begins. Um, and Sebastian's like going to a bunch of fight clubs uh, as Tyler in order to break it up. And um, he, he just can't. Tyler takes back over um, and eventually uh, Sebastian blacks out. Mm-hmm. And then we, we see him in this mansion and it's filled with like stolen artwork and um, he, uh, just like in Fight Club, you know, he talks about how he brought Sebastian here to kind of watch his his final thing begin. Like ev- everything that Project Chaos has worked for is about to happen. And mm-hmm. so, you know, there there's no more capitalism. There's no more society. There's no more rules. And um, there's no hope for Sebastian until his son appears. And mm-hmm. um, he is dressed in like all Project Chaos gear, and then he starts talking in Tyler's voice. Hmm. Um, and he hmm. explains that um, Tyler, the like the personality of Tyler, is going to be passed down from generation to generation. And as long as the son still lives, Project Chaos lives. Uh-huh. And so. Sebastian is faced with having to destroy himself and his son uh, in order to stop everything that's going to happen. Mm. And um, he doesn't succeed, um, but he stops his son from taking on the traits of Tyler. They mm. are He puts them both mm. into like this bunker... Um, because part of the Project Chaos's plan was to, you know, just nuke everything. Uh-huh. Um, and it seems that Tyler is one. But the film cuts away to, uh, like, this hand that's writing down the script for Fight Club 2, and it's Chuck Palahniuk. Mm-hmm. And um, he, f- f- like, sets down his pen to, like, process what he's written so far. And um, he hears a voice say, like, how's it end? And he turns around and it's Tyler. And he basically says that uh, the bunker that Sebastian um, is in or whatever, um, they get out of it because the nuclear bombs are are, are a hoax. Like, none of it's real. Uh Um, It was just to get... Tyler like a new host so that it can be passed down he can be immortal um, mm-hmm. that was his whole plan all along you know the sun is normal again and um, there was never a plan um, they go into the mansion and the mansion collapses and everyone dies uh, destroying Tyler Marla Sebastian and his son effectively stopping Project Chaos uh, Tyler's personality and rise or die the company forever which mm-hmm. was basically just a glorified branch of Project Chaos. Yeah. And Tyler says that... Oh, fans of the first movie would hate that ending. And so Chuck talks about integrity in his writing and how he wants to keep it in his art and um, in the upcoming Fight Club 3, which is a real thing. And Tyler asks like what what's that going to be about and so chuck explains it that uh instead of the house collapsing everyone lives and there there's no destruction and tyler comes to his senses and marla is pregnant with a baby who has tyler's personality and eventually mm-hmm. begins a new project chaos but he would never write it like he, do- he doesn't want to write an ending like that mm-hmm. and so tyler shoots him and says, well, looks like I'm going to be a dad. The end. And then credits. Jeez. <laughs> so, that's Fight Club 2. <laughs> Is that how it goes in the comics? Uh, it, th- I did a really condensed version of it. Um, uh-huh. um, 
there are a lot more things that go into it, but that yeah. is basically a it, it's my version of what goes down. But mo- the highlights Ooh. of that is is what happens. Woof. Yeah. Well, there's that. There is that. Man, um, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I didn't. The thing is, like, going into Fight Club 2, I was really excited because, you know, I really enjoyed Fight Club. And mm-hmm. then I read I read Fight Club 2, and it was just so bizarre. Um, yeah. Which is, which is not how Fight Club is. It is not a bizarre book. Like, everything that happens in that book could probably happen. Yeah. Um, in Fight Club 2... There, there's, there's a point where Marla like goes to the Middle East to like save a vill. It's like weird. Oh, <laughs> it gets okay. weird, man. Like the, the passing down of like a a personality, yeah, and things like that. That's weird. Yeah, that is weird. That's um another thing that he, that's like one of Chuck's themes that he writes about. Um, mm-hmm. there's all there's a plot line like that in his book Diary. Um. Oh which I finished this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was interesting, but there's a similar aspect um, in that book as well. Hmm. Okay. Well. Yeah. E- well, there's that. There is that. Um, I feel like we need to talk about something because that kind of ended on a sad note. <laughs> well, on a, like, dark note. It ended on a really weird note. Yeah. Um, um, so I guess... Well, uh, one thing my sister will be excited to hear about, and one thing that I am excited for, yeah. And I don't know if you if you've read this or if you've seen commercials for this, uh, and we can talk about something uh, like else if you've got it as well. Sure. But, uh, I've been reading Good Omens. Ooh, yeah, Neil, Neil Gaiman. Gaiman. Yeah. Yes. And Terry Pratchett, and Terry right? Pratchett. Yep. Yeah. And it's real good. If I've you're been... a fan of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, it's like that, but with religion instead of science. Yeah, that's it's... been on my radar for a bit. It's really good because um, I I really enjoy. Uh, I think I, I've only read one other Neil Gaiman book. <clears throat> I, I read American Gods a couple of years ago. Oh, I uh, actually got partway through that and um, left my book. Uh, oh at, no! At a place and and couldn't get it back for a long time. So I need to like I I got it back recently, yeah. and so I need to get back into that book. It's but, it's real good. It's real weird, but yeah, it's really good. Good Omens is different. Good Omens is is because Neil Neil Gaiman. I feel like he writes either really really dark stuff, yeah, or just dark stuff. Yeah, and like the the just dark stuff is like more family friendly. Yeah, and this is more along those lines. Like, yeah, for for anyone who who isn't familiar with Neil Gaiman, um, he wrote uh, Coraline. That's Coraline probably one probably of his, his most well known. Yeah, Coraline, American Gods as well, which kind of shows yeah. his range. Like Coraline is very is family appropriate. It's still really creepy. But yeah, it's family appropriate. Whereas American Gods is not is not, but it's a fantastic story. Yes. Uh, Man, it's good. From what I read so far, I was super interested and yeah. really didn't want to stop reading. But yeah. um, I'm reading Good Omens at the moment, which is sort of like an angel and a demon realize that they don't want the world to end in the apocalypse. Okay. And like the apocalypse is about to get started. And mm-hmm. they're like, uh, we need to stop it. So <laughs> they set out on a quest to stop the apocalypse. And right. I'll, I'll just leave it there. Like, I won't say anything more because there's so much more packed into that book. And their writing style is so funny. It's, I mean, it's Douglas Adams' writing style, basically. Like, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, I've been really wanting to get into Terry Pratchett's work, too. I really want to start, I really want to start Discworld. Yes. Um, Yeah, his stuff is really good, too. Um, and the Discworld books are like really short, so yes. Uh, but there is a lot of them. There's a lot of them, yeah. There is a um, lot of Discworld. There's books. like there's like twenty plus, right? Oh, at least. I think there's like 
30 or 40 plus. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of those books. He's been writing yeah. them for years and years and years. Well, so. he, I mean, he wrote them from, like, in the 70s until, like, he died in, yeah. like, 2008 or something. Yeah. Or, like, 2010. Um, like, he was writing them for, like, 40 or 50 years. Yeah, so those have been on my radar, too. And just seeing, like... Um, seeing that book with both Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett, I was like, I have to read that at some point. Oh, it's so good. And they're coming out with a show, yeah. like a miniseries over it. And uh, Michael Sheen is playing the angel, and okay. David Tennant is playing the dame. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so funny looking. Like, I, yeah. ca- I can't wait. Because those are spot on. Like, the angel yeah. is very, like, fussy and very... Um, I don't know about that. And the demon's like, ah, come on. You know you want to. Like, come <laughs> well, on. I'm, I'm very excited. I need to pick that up at some point. Oh, uh, I can't wait. The The miniseries looks real good, and I've got high hopes. Cool. Um, I can't wait to see that and really hope that my hopes are not dashed. Um, I, yeah. I think it's going to be really good. And, well, and Neil Gaiman is, like, a part of the production crew. Yeah. I know they would have gotten terry pratchett had he not passed on so oh uh, for sure um and i mean the uh, american gods had an adaptation to um yeah. a tv show and i mean I've, I've watched a couple of episodes and it's mm-hmm. really faithful to the book so mm. okay good to know i need to so. i need to i need to read the rest of the book yes you do it gets it's like three different books in one but mm-hmm. it's still good um Good Omens is is a little more family friendly. Um, I think it, I think it's pretty clean. It's, yeah, it's it's very like Hitchhiker's Guide level of Ooh. humor. It, it I mean you'll read it and be like, yeah, this is like Hitchhiker's Guide about <laughs> the Bible. Like I love Hitchhiker's Guide. Oh my gosh, it's it's exactly that. And I apparently they they sent a copy of Good Omens to Douglas Adams like mm-hmm. back when he was alive. They sent him a copy to be like, hey, uh, what do you think? Like, we've been told that our writing style is very similar to yours. What do you think? And he never responded. <laughs> yeah. They were, like, they were like, well, we don't know if he liked it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um, well, yeah. Well, that was that was pretty cool to end <laughs> on. Yeah, um, I think that um, it's going to be a good show. And I think that's going to yeah. be a good reboot. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm gonna read the book before I watch it, but oh, you should. Um, I'm reading Kelly's copy right now, so I I can't let you borrow it. But. Oh, I'll just I'll probably go get it at some point. I have a lot to read. Um, uh-huh. to, to kind of talk about this for a little bit, I I guess for the next like two seconds. Uh, yeah, uh, we won't keep you too long. But um, my plan this year, I I picked up the Lord of the Rings trilogy because I haven't read read that before. I've read oh, the Hobbit. I either, dude, we need to sync up and read that at the same time. Oh yes, um, I'm also finishing the Dark Tower series. I'm on mm-hmm. book six of seven. I, I've read that and it's good. Yes, um, I'm also planning to reread the Percy Jackson series. I finished the first book not too long ago. Ooh, okay. And um, that book is funny. Like it's so good. Hmm. All right. Um, it it holds up. Well, um, I I've yeah. been thinking about rereading series of unfortunate events. Oh yeah. So I might do that. Yeah. Talk about a, a good book series and a good show too. adaptation. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I finished the show not too long ago, and boy, it's good. I've seen bits and pieces. I've been waiting to reread the books before I watch the yeah. series full. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. But I, I uh, from what I'd seen, I was like, wow, this is super faithful. And, yeah. And um, I think we can, we can talk more about series of unfortunate events in a future podcast because oh, yeah. I, there's a lot there between the adaptation, the books and the, yeah. the Jim Carrey movie. Um, yeah. There's a lot in what, like what makes a good reboot and, and what fans might like and what fans might not like. Right. Um, I'll say this right now. I like I like the show. I like the movie. Everyone chill out on on Jim Carrey, Count Olaf. Yeah, I don't Everyone, understand that. I think that, that he was, was a great. Good movie. Yeah. Leave him alone. Anyway, we we shouldn't keep you any longer. <laughs> yeah. But 
Um, this is a fun, like, bonus long first episode. Yeah. Welcome back to season two. We're super Ooh, excited. It's good <laughs> to be back. <laughs> Even though we're both, like, kind of sick. Dude. Um, yeah. You're sick, too? I, I'm I'm getting there. It's been mm. it's been a long work week. I'm like the downhill slope into sickness. Yikes! Yeah. Because <sighs> my body got sick like two weeks ago, and then mm. it got sick again like a month before that. And now you're aiming so, like, for three. Yeah, so I'm in for <laughs> round three, and <sighs> yeah, it's uh. Anyway. That's anyway, our podcast. Uh, that's thanks it. for listening. If you've got ideas, if you have pitches, uh, you know where to send them at yep. crappyhollywoodreboots at gmail.com. That's crappyhollywoodreboots at gmail.com. That's crappyhollywoodreboots at gmail.com. Don't forget to like our Insta. Yep. Come, come, follow us. Follow, follow, follow us. it. We're back, baby. And, and Brittany, we got your emails. We'll talk about them in a later podcast. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> Things that we could have talked about in this podcast. Uh, All right. Outro. <laughs> outro. Uh, cue the outro quick. Crappy Hollywood reboot.